Hello and welcome to Teaching Python. This is episode 57, Last Minute Holiday Gift Guide for the Techie Kid. My name's Sean Tiber. I'm a coder who teaches. And my name's Kelly Schuster Paredes, and I'm a teacher who codes. So Kelly, this is our first episode in year three of Teaching Python. Can you believe it? It's incredible. I can't believe it's been three years with you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> And you haven't killed me yet, or at least haven't succeeded, whichever works. Absolutely. No, it's been awesome. It's been such a great time. And I, I just was thinking back and looking back at all our episodes and I couldn't pick the favorite one. You asked which one was the favorite one and every one was like a really special moment. So, yeah. And what's amazing today is that this is a bit of a blast from the past. We're in the same room recording just you and I, no guests, nobody else. It's just us talking like it was when we started and it's pretty cool, but we've learned a few things. You're taking off your jewelry so it doesn't jangle on the podcast. We're like real professionals now. <laughs> yeah, and I get we get that plexiglass between us. Yeah, and it's been an interesting ride with everything that's happened over the last two years between coronavirus and us learning how to teach, learning how to code. We've put together, this is episode 57, so 56 prior episodes in the first two years and over 183,000 downloads of our podcast, which, still is amazing to me. I think every time someone says, I've heard your podcast and I like it. And I say, really? More than once. You've listened to more than one episode. That's incredible. It's amazing. I think the real funny thing that just happened to me last week was my girlfriend in Peru said she was taking her master's course and her instructor in Spain, who is also Peruvian, said he heard us. So hello there, um, professor of the master course, whoever you are, <laughs> send us a, a message on Twitter. But I thought that was amazing. And what a flat world we live in, right? Now with this podcast and everyone, we can get a hold of everyone and talk to them and share our stories. It's just been really nice. It's pretty neat, and I'm just excited to be on the ride. So um, a big thank you to all of our listeners, everyone who's downloaded and supported us and asked questions and everything, even when we haven't responded to the emails from the listener inbox. We do read them all, and we thank you um, for your support and your sharing in our journey. So thank you for that. Cool. Let's get into this holiday guide. Are we doing wins? Oh, we got to do wins of the oh, week, though. I, are you up first or am I? I'm up first. I don't even let you pause oh, on okay, that. Go ahead, go ahead. So I had a really good win. We always talk about the card games in the seventh grade. And I was speaking to an eighth grader this quarter after just teaching a really seamless card game in three functions. So much, such cleaner code this year for me. And the eighth grader was... It was really hard processing the eighth, the card game, but this year I feel like my brain's working differently. And she was telling about her card game, which was 500 plus lines of code. We mentioned her in last year and how she was doing the Cards of Humanity. And she, she says, I was looking at my code going, wow, that made sense when I was coding it last year. But now with my 90 lines of code, I it's so different the way I think. And it's just amazing how far I've gone from sixth and ninth. And, and I thought that was a huge win and just a good overall feeling. Yeah. It's amazing to see how far she's come on her own journey um, of coding. And the part that I find really enjoyable is reading through her code and it's really a window into how she thinks. And you can see that change every time she codes something new, you can see something new from her thought process and something new that she's learned and the breakthroughs that she has. And it's really rewarding to see that. Yeah. And I'm glad she's with you now. So you get to share that moment. She's a great kid. Too, yeah. So great coder. Looking out for her in the future. Exactly. I think my win this week was I've been working on a project to build an API and my learning curve has been really steep on it because I'm trying to do it the quote right way and learning fast API. But 
it turns out that it has a lot of other things that can come along with it. And so I'm learning not just fast API, but pydantic schemas and how to do Docker swarms and deployments with traffic as a HTTP proxy and all these things that kind of go along with that. And I forgot how much I enjoy that process of cascading learning, right? You learn one thing and then you realize, oh, I got to learn this other thing in order to do that thing. And then I have to learn this thing in order to do those things. And it chains together. But when it all works, it's really satisfying to have it actually come to life and, and work. And it was a nice reminder for me of the journey that our students go through to learn something really hard and then actually see it work at the end and how satisfying that can be. It's very cool. I told Sean on Monday, he lost me at API and I blame all those people that were helping him along the way learn because now I'm really behind, but one day. Yeah, you're learning your own things. <laughs> Absolutely. The So that kind of leads me into my fail this week. And it was a fail and a win at the same time. It was, I think it was in class and someone made a joke that was directed to me and they didn't mean anything by it. It wasn't anything harmful or anything, but they just, made a joke and they said she instead of he. And I said, why is that funny? And we talked about that as a class. And I, I said, this is the reason why I'm here is that we want to make sure that everyone's welcome and included in our space and that making jokes, even if they're not intended to be something harmful or mean spirited, it still has a a negative slant to it and it still makes people feel unwelcome and i said making a joke that i'm a girl instead of a boy that joke isn't really funny right and it's there's nothing wrong with being a woman right there's no, like why would i like why would that be funny to me or why would that harm me and so we talked a little bit about the role that everyone plays in, in technology and computer science and the way that we want to change and shape the workforce that we're going to be going into. Like all these students are going to be in the workforce or ten, in 10 or 15 years. And I'd really like for that workforce to be welcoming and inclusive and value all of their ideas and their personalities and the way that they think and the way that they behave. And it has to start here. I don't know if I did the conversation right or if I thought about it the right way or said the right things, but the intent is we start now with that conversation about what it means to be a part of the technology community and how everyone's contributions are valued and their backgrounds are valued and who they are and what they bring to the table. And I hope that, you know, even if one or two kids take something away from that or feel a little bit better about their place in it, then we've done something right. I hope, I mean, it's, we have such a huge job that some people who are not teachers or educators sometimes forget that we're just not teaching code. So it's a lot to uh, take on and You've done it well this past three years. Thank you. Thank you. I had a great teacher, <laughs> no. great mentor. We're getting mushy on the Christmas oh. time. Oh, we can't do that. <laughs> or Hanukkah let's, time. Let's get into rampant, hardcore consumerism and talk about <laughs> buying stuff for the holidays. Absolutely. We'll skip my fail too this week. There are no fails this week. You did everything no. right. Everything's perfect. It's only Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you want to go first on your first? Where's this coming from? Because I, I think oh. this came from something that you experienced repeatedly over the last week or two, which is the usual early December question that you get. I get keep getting these texts from my friends saying, what should I buy? And there's so many things out there. And people want to go for sometimes those quick little gadgets, which are great. But if they're not in an educator's hands, it just turns into a line following robot or something that they roll around and forget to charge. Or they have something that needs to connect with an iPad or they need an app and then they don't want them too much in the in the iPad or on the devices so much. And constantly get this question of what should I get my kid? They're really into 
computer science or they're really into building something. And we put together a list, a short list. This is a very short list. And some of these things are the things that I actually got my children. So I don't really have to teach them computer science because the computers themselves teach it. So you'll see what I mean in my list. And then Sean, you put your first five too, right? Yeah. I picked out a bunch of things that I hope are going to bring people towards the maker side of learning. So how to make things and giving kids some tools and things that they can actually learn with and grow into a more of a maker mentality for making and creating things. So I hope it could work out pretty fun, pretty fun for the kids that are on the receiving end of this. Okay. You can go first. Cause I'm going to say my favorite one for last. You're going to say your favorite one for last for last. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So my first one, and this is, I can't believe you missed it on your list, the new micro bit. So the new Microbit V2 is out. It is compatible with much of the same code that is in the original Microbit V1 that we've used so successfully. It's such a great versatile little tool. I can't think of a better $15 to spend on a bit of silicon and metal, right? Like it, we've used it for robotics. We've used it for maker projects. We've made fish swim with it. We've played music with it. We've done art with it. We've powered NeoPixels with it. Like you can basically hook a just about anything to a micro bit. And it's pretty amazing how well it works. And the new version has a couple of really nice features on it that I like. First of all, it has better clips for the alligator clips. So like little slots so that the clips stay put better, little quality of life, things like that. But it also has a microphone and a speaker on it now. So rather than hooking up an external speaker to make it work, which is always a little tricky with all the cables and stuff like that, it's all built in now. So you can make it sing, you can make it play music. There's even a library to make a micro bit speak and you can do all of that with the new micro bit. Yeah, and maybe more people will be doing that at home because when the speakers come out, it's... <laughs> It's not so much fun of hearing happy birthday and Don, what is the graduation song that they always play? There's but, always a day with your sixth graders where I'm like, okay, this is it. This is the day where they're, they've day. discovered the music. <laughs> yes, it's a great, easy gift and it's so versatile and you can use Python or make code, which makes it compatible from what, third graders, second graders, even if they can read up to high school almost, yeah. Yeah, so. it's, it's really great, and, and it makes it really easy. It is pin-for-pin pin compatible with the original Microbit, so if you get any accessories that worked with the original Microbit, they'll work with the Microbit V2 also. Well, cool. Since you said the Microbit, I'm going to have to put in this new bot that I'm investigating, and I'm really, I really like it from the first stage of investigation. I have not bought this for my son, although he will be um, playing with it for sure. It's the Finch Robot 2 from Bird Brain Technologies. So what I really like about this robot that stands out from all the other robots that we get for the microbit is that this one is compatible with a bunch of different types of coding languages. There is Finch blocks, which is their own, I guess, personal blocks. Bird blocks, I guess, again, their own personal. Snap, which we used with the sewing machines and doing um, embroidery kind of designs. Make code slash JavaScript, so you can do either block JavaScript, block make code or JavaScript, Python, and Java. Now, I've only investigated the Python version. It's very simple. There is a little bit of a hiccup with connecting with the Bluetooth, but I contacted BirdBrain and instantaneously she emailed me back and forth on a Sunday evening, helping me get connected. They have tons of little 
features right out of the box when you're when you're using the bird brain distance sensor line tracking light sensor you can draw you put a little pen in there and you can make those kind of like spirograph designs with your for loops and stuff so it's just a simple little robot where you slide the micro bit in if you don't have a micro bit you have to buy one and or you can buy it from them for 139 so what a powerful robot just make sure that your children are writing on something that <laughs> is not that is paper or a whiteboard marker on a whiteboard platform. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of masses everywhere. Yeah, and I don't know if they're including the new microbit or the old microbit in there. It works um, for both. It works. It does work for both, mm-hmm. which is great. I think the next one we almost had the same line of thought with two different Raspberry Pi computers. So mine was the new Raspberry Pi 400. It is out of stock at the moment. We tried to pick things that you could actually order today at the time of this recording, but the Raspberry Pi 400 just came out this fall is very much in demand, but the places that we looked to find it on Adafruit and SparkFun are projecting that they may have some stock back in before Christmas if you're looking to shop for that or all this month for other purposes. The Raspberry Pi 400 takes a Raspberry Pi 4 computer and it puts it inside a keyboard, which makes me love uh, this because it brings me back to the Commodore 64 days where the computer was in the keyboard but it has two HDMI outputs, it has USB ports on it. You can get a kit that comes with a mouse to plug into it, but basically you can get this Raspberry Pi, plug it straight into a TV or a monitor, and your student has a full-fledged Raspberry Pi computer right there, and it's much more durable than having a bare board. So it's a pretty cool setup, and I'm excited to get my hands on one. I just haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. We have played with the next one that I'm going to say, and that's the PyTop 4. We have two of them in the classroom. I took it home. I think you took yours home as well during last year's online learning. I gave it to my 10-year-old who followed along the tutorial and had a couple of LEDs blinking. So literally 10 years old, coding in Python. It was a copy and paste kind of thing, but he, the idea for me with him was seeing if he can follow directions, seeing if he can plug in the light. I think the directions in the beginning were a little bit hard, so I had to help him, but once he was in there plugging away, putting the cables in, it was great. And then I had a sixth grader as well this last quarter playing around with it. It has everything. If you get the sensor foundation kit along with the the pi top four you can have again lights sound ultrasonic sensor they have a push buttons and it's all in this tiny little box which i like yeah there's some really cool features on this so at its core it's still a raspberry pi 4. however they've built around it this really great ruggedized enclosure that's well really thoughtfully designed that has a little oled screen on the top for status information you can remote uh, connect to it via usb so you can plug it into your computer and telnet or via or telnet ssh or vnc into it over the usb cable you can connect it to wi-fi you can plug it into a monitor with a keyboard it even has a battery built into it so for short periods of time you can run it without having it plugged into the wall, which is great for moving it around a classroom or a bedroom or something like that. If you wanna go learn something over here or you write a program with the sensors and the lights and things like that, and you wanna run it somewhere for a short period of time, it's got a built-in battery on it and can connect to Wi-Fi and everything like that. It's really thoughtfully designed and it's been great to see how the PyTop has developed and evolved from the PyTop 2 through the PyTop 3 and now the PyTop 4 seems like a really nice evolution. 
Yeah, and they have the versatile DIY version, which doesn't come with the sensors. But if you're that person that wants to put a rugged Raspberry Pi, we don't have it. But I saw pictures where you put it with a drone, you build out a robot, and then you can add your own sensors on it. So just a cool idea if you're more like that hardware guy like Sean. Yep. It's, <laughs> I it's like a, the stuff in the box. <laughs> it's really great. They're both great between the Raspberry Pi 400 for that keyboard approach or the Pi Top 4, which has a lot of extra add-ons and features. It's a, a really nice approach to learning with the Raspberry Pi. And I think it's at, what, 239-ish yeah. for the so full complete set. It is definitely, you can see where they put the money into it. It is not just a Raspberry Pi with a fancy case. It has a lot of nice features that have been added onto it. All right. That brings me to one of my favorite ones. This is one that I bought and brought home for my own daughter. It is a relatively inexpensive DIY unicorn headband kit that lights up. So my daughter is seven and we're big into making things and creating things. And she's very creative and loves to, to work with her hands. And this doesn't have a lot of programming to it or anything, but I just wanted to spur her imagination along a little bit with this headband kit that comes from Adafruit. I think they sourced it from another supplier, but I got it there and it has a light up LED kit that changes colors on it. You can decorate it the way you want parts are adhesive and they stick together and everything so it's really easy to make but a lot of fun and i can't wait to see her um, play with it and have fun with it very cool i this is another one of my favorites at least as a, a parent who's trying to teach independence um, trying to instill responsibility in your child or children i put in and actually it was my 10 year old who asked if he could have it was the echo dot the small version of the sorry just went break alexa I'm blank for a second it's the fourth generation it's she wasn't sure about that sorry alexa just responded okay and i put it in their room they use it to set timers we have a 15 minute timer for reading they check the weather they play songs they search for definitions of words while they're reading it's really cute they ask what was the score on the on a soccer game all kinds of questions is showing them that they have the power to answer their own questions with the help of technology they do have another version i just saw which is more of an Echo Dot for kids. I do not have that version. It's more like um, a little animal kind of thing. But just make sure you check your settings and security settings. I know we discuss that here at school a lot about the voices and where it gets stored and everything. But mine's connected to my account, so I have the ability to check on the privacy and stuff. Yeah, there's a couple settings that I checked. I got a couple of these for my kids on Prime Day also. And I set it so that the free time is enabled so it puts on parental restrictions and content controls on what they can ask Alexa but then there's also buried in your Alexa app there's a voice history of everything that they've asked so I found out a couple of things like I found out that my son asked Alexa what time it was 27 times in 15 minutes before he was supposed to wake up in the morning before he was allowed to get out of bed so he was just itching to get going and he used uh, Alexa to figure out how much time he had before he could leave I also found out that when he had some friends that came over with an older brother that Alexa learned some new words that I wasn't really looking forward to. But what was great about it was that it allowed me to have a conversation with them and and talk to my kids about, look, even though this is a robot, even though it's a voice assistant, we still have to behave ourselves. And we still are controlling ourselves and our behavior, even when our friends are over. And I think it was a great opportunity to have that discussion, and it's worth checking to see how your kids are doing. 
I, I one of my favorite things with it, in addition to empowering kids, is that my um, own children have discovered the Sleep Tight Relax podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's soothing sounds for calming busy minds. And last night they were getting Peter Pan read to them in a nice soothing voice. And it was really great to see them just relax and find that ritual that helps them go to sleep every night. Yes, my kids found the Mandalorian theme song and I've heard that every night for the past four weeks. Don't tell my kids about that. (laughs) All right, number four on your list. So number four on my list, I actually bundled a bunch of my favorite books together from No Starch Press. So these are books that I would consider to be great for kids to learn about different aspects of computer science, robotics, electronics, things that I've found really to be helpful. So we have everything from a beginner guide to circuits. We have the Python for Kids book, which is fantastic, Teach Your Kids to Code, and the Computer Science Activity book, which is a new one that I haven't played with too much yet, but it's a pen and paper workbook with computer science activities on it. So it's a great way for kids to have something that's an unplugged activity with some ready-made activities that they can do in their workbook and learn about computer science without being in front of a screen. That's good. So I also picked a book. I like the DK books, the DK eyewitness books. They're like little dictionaries, old school Pictionary dictionaries. They have a really good one that I bought my six-year-old. It's on robots, and you can discover everything about robots. Now, this is a general overview. This isn't um, exactly how robots run for per se, but there is information from the early Greek robots that all the way to fictional robots to artificial intelligence. There's The pictures are amazing, and I like the little sub- sub reading subtext with the pictures and it just starts these conversations and my son can sit there and look at the pictures over and over again if you've never seen a dk eyewitness book i suggest it highly the one on the greek myths is also good yeah i that's one of the things that i love about robots is that our imagination as humans has often outstripped our ability with technology to make it happen so we can look at all of that history from the Greek mythology to even the golem, the myth of the golem, the animated clay uh, creature that was controlled by Eastern European rabbis is a really cool way to think about how we have, as people, imagined things and then found ways to actually make that work. I don't know that robots are going to be made out of clay anytime soon, <laughs> but the fact that we've made these robots, these animated or animatronic devices that can perform tasks is pretty cool, but we've been thinking about it for a very long time. Absolutely. Your last pick. My last pick, and this is one that's maybe for older kids a little bit, or if you're interested in this as well, something that can work well with younger kids. I put a couple of 3D printers on my list. So I've had great experience with the Prusa um, MK3S, which is their kind of top of the line traditional plastic printer, but the Prusa Mini has been updated, and I think it comes out in January, so you may be able to get the regular Mini or this Mini Plus that's coming out in January. It's a great printer. It works really well. I've had great luck with it, and these printers are great for beginners. It's great to tinker with and play with, and if you pair it with software like Tinkercad or Fusion 360, you can design and make some pretty cool stuff around the house that solves real problems. Yeah, I'm really excited. We're getting into the Fusion 360 here, and Sean's bringing in all kinds of pencil <laughs> pencil cases. We're going to have about 64 of them from the students in robotics, and they're going to be building their own 
robot cases per se for the microbit. So if you've bought the microbit, you can also print out some gadgets, attach some servos to to it and some breakout boards, and you can use those to build your own robots with your eyewitness DK book. Exactly. Exactly. And so if you're not willing to go for the Prusa, which takes maybe a little bit of lead time to get to you or in January, I also put a link to the Soval SV01 3D printer. It's on Amazon and you can get it shipped now. For a lot of these printers that are coming from Amazon that are less expensive, a nice thing to do is to pair it with a Raspberry Pi and use the OctoPrint or OctoPi program for it that will help you remotely manage and monitor your printer. So you can print stuff from like a memory card that's plugged into it, or you can access it from your computer or phone over your network and be able to print stuff to it. So for example, today I logged into my printer at home and sent a print job to it so that by the time I get home, it will be about halfway done. Very cool. All right. The last one on my list and like my favorite, I can't wait till Christmas when my youngest son opens this is the animatronic edition of the Star Wars, the child or Grogu, if you haven't. Oh, spoiler. It was already passed on or by some bit. The child. I don't know. We'll let it go this time. Sorry. He can crop that out. (laughs) He can bleep it out in the middle of it. (laughs) So anyways, last year I bought my son uh, a tiger that had about 12 different sounds. And we talked about sensors and where the sensors were on this lion. And he just really likes it. And it's just amazing that he can touch, he can make a voice command and it will do something. Well, with this one, there's over 25 sounds and motions touching the top of the child. And I'm just reading from, because I haven't turned it on yet. I saw the video, <laughs> but you could touch the, touch the head and the child makes happy and all kinds of noises. His little ears move, his arm goes out. He gets tired when he tries to do the force, eyes open and close. You can lay him down and he'll take a nap. You can lay him down and take a nap. I think he snores a little bit too. It's adorable. So it's just a great opportunity that unplugged activity where you can talk about the fact of inputs and outputs and sensors and how a computer works and what are the conditional maybe statements that you're doing with that. If I touch his head, what's going to happen? If I make a sound, what's going to happen? And it's just a great segue into getting the kids to think about conditional statements and how they can program stuff in the future. Yeah, it's a great example of marrying interest with insight and learning. The Mandalorian, which we're all addicted to, at least Sean and Sean's family and my family. (laughs) Yeah, we're loving it a lot. So I might be the only one in my family who's watching it every week, but Uh. my kids are a little bit young for it. So I I screen them, right? (laughs) Excellent. That's our top 10. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in here. If you have ideas, please feel free to share them on Twitter. Also, we're looking for all kinds of fun stuff. There's a lot of great holiday gift ideas out there. And what we're really trying to do is just avoid that kind of clickbait at the top of the Amazon search results where they've put STEM into the title to get people to buy it, but it doesn't actually have any learning associated with it. So these are things that we know you can take further. You can learn more. It gives kids a starting point for learning more about stem topics and to be a little bit creative and have some fun with it yeah so happy holidays yeah yeah kelly do you have any big plans for the holiday break in terms of learning new python things or taking a break from python or no i'm going well we had a great conversation chris bailey has sent me some things i just went blank did you learn 
Oh, you were doing things with decorators uh, with Mike Driscoll had some stuff. Oh, for sorry, you. Mike Driscoll. Sorry, yes, I just went blank uh, with Mouse and Python sent me also some decorators, and I was like, do I need to learn decorators? So maybe I don't know. We'll wait. Let me get through my data science from Real Python series and some of my code challenges. But yeah, I'm still working on a lot of things on data science and just really loving what's coming out from the pandas tutorials and my head's exploding but it's fun nice nice so and you yeah i'm working on a couple of things <laughs> apis i have some api stuff that i'm working on so i want to keep building out my api that i've been working on as a side project for a few weeks now now that i have the basic framework working and it's going to production one of the things i put in place was a ci cd system so i can push changes automatically and have it tested and everything. So now that I have the flow working from end to end, now it's time to start adding enhancements to it and thinking about what's next. Pretty excited about that. I also have some computer vision stuff that I want to do. I've been doing a lot of stuff with Home Assistant around my house, and my next step is to make it so that in addition to detecting that there's a person outside, it can tell you who that person is. So I'm working on some projects for that using AWS, and I wanna make sure that I'm doing it right and doing it securely. So I've got a lot to learn. Cool. And the other big thing that we're going to be thinking about for our next quarter, because when we come back to the school next quarter, a whole new group of kids, we're trying to really figure out how to wean students off of this grade, doing things just for a grade and more on authentic assessments. Thank you for one of our listeners for bringing that up. It really made me think about the fact that sometimes having the students do work to learn or to just investigate some topics isn't necessary an, an authentic assessment of what they have learned. So we've been doing a lot of brainstorming in the past two days, it's incredible, with the talks that we've been having and how we might do some changes with really getting a valid and um, reliable source of information on what our kids are actually learning, not based on a, a number grade, if that makes any sense to our listeners. Sean gets, I'm, I'm processing as we go, but look forward to that. We hope to have some information on how we're going to take our assessments to a whole different level and get some authenticity. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be a, a really good second half of the year. We've got a lot coming our way. We're going to keep podcasting as we go and sharing our thoughts with you. We have more um, blog posts coming. We're going to be sharing more on social media. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Twitter handles are Kelly Pered on Twitter for Kelly, at SMTiber for me on Twitter, and at Teaching Python. You can also find me on GitHub as, at, as, or as Sean Tiber. So if you have some stuff on there that you'd like to see more of, let me know. I do need to go back and update our microbit organisms uh, project. I think there's some new things we could do there to make that better. But there are, we're going to start putting more resources out there for you on our website, which is teachingpython.fm. So I think that's it. It's, it's a pretty good, solid week. There's a lot of things going on right now. We've got, what, another week and a half left of the school year before 2021. And then it's off to recharge our batteries and get ready for the new year. Excellent. All right. So for Teaching Python, this is Sean. This is Kelly signing off. <laughs> <laughs>